seven, Stan Phillips. Met fans, happy Monday. How you doing? Well, three out of four isn't bad. We'll take it. We're on the road. Anytime you can be over 500 on the road, it's a positive. The only negative is is uh, we're playing one of the weaker teams in baseball, the Washington Nationals, who basically just have Juan Soto and Nelson Cruz at the tail end of his career and not much else going on for them. But you have to remember, all these teams are professionals. On any given day, anyone can win. It just kind of sucks the way we lost yesterday. But brush it off and on to Philly today. Uh, I'll take three out of four, no matter who the opponent is. So now let's go on to Philly. Uh, do we call them the Philly Bashers? They're really hitting the ball very, very well. And we'll see what transpires there. It's going to be a fun series. And uh, three games in Philly. And then we come home for the big, big opening weekend series. Big in the fact that it's not necessarily a big rival we're playing. Just good to be back at City Field. And uh, the Tom Seaver statue dedication on Friday. Uh, Seaver bobblehead. Uh, I shouldn't say bobblehead. Uh Receive a replica statue giveaway on Saturday. It's going to be fun being back at City Field, that's for sure. But yesterday the Mets were served their first loss of the season after a late game breakout in the Nationals in a 4-2 victor, uh, defeat. And we're here to talk about it. Uh, takeaways from the game? Well, Carlos Carrasco did exactly what the Mets wanted to see in his first start of the season. His control and stuff was sharp especially his breaking balls, and that was encouraging to see. He let up a first-inning home run to Nelson Cruz, but that's the only blemish on his day. And seriously, folks, would it be a first inning if Carlos Carrasco did not give up a run or was in trouble? But the good news was he would go on to retire 15 straight nats before his day was done. His final line was five and two-third innings, two hits, one earned run, and five strikeouts. Not bad at all. Uh, the other bright spot was Francisco Lindor flexed his home run muscles uh, from the left side of the plate, and he smacked it over the right field fence off Eric Fed to tie the game. Mark Conha had an RBI single right after him to take the lead. Speaking of Conha, he had three hits on the day and is now 7 for 10 to start the season. Not bad after the first weekend when you're batting 700. Yeah, there were some doubts about... What Buck Walter did in the game as far as pitching maneuvers. And one of them was an interesting call by Buck Walter to leave Chase and Shreve in the game to start the bottom of the eighth inning. He seemed to want the lefty-on-lefty situation with Adiel Hernandez at the dish, but he singled and knocked out Shreve. Then, despite Trevor May warming up in the inning before, Trevor Williams came in to face Mikhail Franco, who also singled to put the runners on the corners. A sacrifice bunt would tie things 
two to two. Now, Pete Alonso, uh, he's getting better day by day at first base. Uh, remember when he first came up, he was horrible. We all said Dom Smith should be playing there. And let's face it, Dom Smith probably still is the better defensive alternative. But I think they want to have Pete Alonso have the utmost confidence in his hitting ability as it thrives off of getting better defensively, and that's why he's playing first base. But he did have some dodgy defense in the eighth inning. Going back to that sacrifice, uh, Alonzo seemed to get it in time to get D. Strange Gordon out the plate. However, his under toss was too high and too late. Then needing a double play ball, Williams did just as, as the ball found uh, Alonzo's glove. He almost threw it away with everyone safe to load the bases. He made up for it the next at bat by throwing home to keep the game tied. That's not what we're used to saying from the slugging first baseman. So a little shaky game out in the field for Pete. Now, Nelson Cruz, the ageless wonder, came through for the Nats with bases loaded and two outs in that shaky eighth inning, singling up the middle to collect his second and third RBI this season to make it 4-2 to two Nationals. So now we travel on up the road to Philadelphia to face the Phillies. Uh, Taiwan Walker, who we're, we're depending on, uh, will get his first start of the season against Ranger Suarez. And that game will be televised on WW. Well, if you listen on radio, WCBS on TV, SNY. I think FS1 is actually doing a national broadcast of that game tonight. So you can check out the alternative source, source or if you live outside the New York area and don't have any type of uh, subscription package, it will be on FS1. Now let's talk about Carlos Carrasco. And, uh, what a game he pitched yesterday. I had my doubts, I'll be honest with you. But maybe we will get the usual Carlos Carrasco uh Baseball scene for years. We just didn't get to see him last year in 2021. Uh, and he took that right step. Way to get off on the right foot against the Nationals. He set himself up for the win after tossing five and two-thirds innings long. Just two hits. One run striking at five. Uh, and it looks like he's actually in a different place than he was. Even during spring training a bit when he was getting hit a little bit with the long ball. And that's good to see. Uh, he, watching the game on TV, you could see that he had confidence just looking at his face. And you could see him get off to a good start. And uh, we could sure use him. He is one of the better pitchers in baseball. I think Met fans don't realize that. But sometimes pitchers slump, pitchers aren't healthy. And that could be the case uh, in both situations with Carlos last year. And... The first thing is what got Carrasco in immediate trouble in 2021, and he almost escaped it unscathed in the first until Nelson Cruz, and that was an historic home run for Nelly Cruz, his 450th career home run left center field, and that gave the Nats an early lead. So, at that point, I'm over there saying, oh my God, what is going on again? But he was locked in, Carlos, from that point on. And like I said before, he retired 15 straight batters. Uh, 
like I said, if the only bad thing was Nelson Cruz home run, I'll take it. And I think you, me, and all Met fans uh, really wanted to see this performance from Carlos, and we got what we wanted. Uh, and he wasn't that bad in spring training. I gave up the occasional long ball, but these starts mean more, and this is what counts, and uh, I'm encouraged. And I think Carlos will be there. Uh, now, the only thing questionable that fans are talking about today is Buck Walter's decision with the bullpen. Now, it's early in the season. He hasn't won guys pitching like back-to-back -back games, and I get that. But uh, I personally, and I know this is second-guessing, would not have gone with Trevor Williams. I'd go with Trevor May. You're going with the better guy out of the bullpen. Um, I think Trevor Williams is marginable. He's probably the last pitcher you want on the pitching staff. He really hasn't shown me that much, and I'm not bashing him at all. I'm just being truthful. Uh, Trevor May's got electric stuff, but, you know, it's only one game, and I'm sure we will recover from it. Uh, Buckwalt. Buck Showalter's reasoning was uh, Trevor Williams needed to pitch today and he was going to pitch and Jason Tree was going to pitch today. Uh, he's treating this almost like uh, spring training games where he's going to have a schedule with these guys until they get in throwing conditions. Uh, Buck's basically saying that he can't let guys go four, five, six, seven days into the season without pitching. And he thinks that they pitched well, both of them. It just didn't work out. Uh, and Buck wasn't too pleased when he was grilled about the, uh, situation not to go with a higher leverage caliber arm. Uh, but like I said, I think Buck's main concern is just throwing guys out there every day. So I'm not going to argue with Buck. He's a better baseball man than me. I probably would have done things differently, but Buck sees it as a master plan. And I guess, like I said, he knows what he's doing. I love what Buck has done so far this year. This is the one thing that I am questioning what happened yesterday. Uh, and I, it, and to be honest, with Pete Alonso and his defense, those were bang-bang plays. And uh, the other hand tossed a home plate. Uh it just didn't have enough juice on it, but I think that when you get burned, you learn, so maybe this works out for Pete, that he'll know how to handle these situations. Sometimes you don't know what to do until you've actually experienced it, just like in life, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but when you're going against D. Gordon running down that baseline, it's tough. It's tough. So, right, I love Pete for his aggressiveness, thinking outside the box, doing what he's got to do. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, that double play ball, he threw it wide and nearly out of reach of Francisco Lindor. And you wonder if that maybe that first play at home plate was playing with Pete's mind. Um, he just missed a throw. Uh, it looked like he fielded the ball cleanly and his feet were okay. 
and it didn't seem like there was a rush, but he just missed the throw, and I guess that happens. We're all human. So we didn't go 4-0, but it's a 162-game schedule. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And let's be honest, this wasn't a pretty game. It was more on the ugly side, and there'll be more of these as they come. And uh, that's just baseball sometimes. Now, as we mentioned, we head down to Philly tonight, and we're going to have Taiwan Walker. Uh, be nice if Ty can keep up this hot start for the Mets rotation. Uh, it's been everything it's been advertised as, even without Jacob DeGrom. Uh, but the, let's face it, the Phillies aren't exactly the Nationals. Phillies are a lot better hitting team. But through the first four games, Tyler McGill, Scherzer, Bassett, and Carrasco own a 1.59 ERA as the starting four. And each of the four pitchers pitched at least five innings. Carrasco, like I said, only allowed, allowed a run over five and two-thirds innings Sunday in the Mets' 4-2 loss to the Nationals. Now, of concern to the Mets will be Walker, who departed his final spring training start with knee soreness. But in recent days indicated it wasn't an issue and he's ready for the season debut. Uh, but the Mets will also have an insurance policy if Walker's knee is an issue, and that's David Peterson. And uh, he is available after his place on the roster over the weekend to take Edwin Diaz's spot. Diaz was placed on the bereavement list following his grandfather's death. Now, Walker underwent surgery in January to remove damage cartilage from his right knee. And the right-hander is coming off a season in which he pitched for a, to a 4.47 ERA in 30 appearances for the Mets. Now, remember, Diaz was an all-star in the first half of the year, so uh, hopefully that's what we'll see this first half of the year and then some this year. Now, Diaz may return to the team Monday, according to Showalter, but wouldn't be eligible to rejoin the roster until the following day. There's a three-day minimum removal from the roster for a player placed on bereavement list. Now, following Sunday's loss in which the Nationals scored three runs in the eighth inning, Showalter was asked about the challenge of not having Diaz. And Showalter said, we talked about in the spring, there's going to be times like this, so it's part of life. Somebody very dear to him passed away and he needed to go. He'll get back. And when he gets back, we have got the people to do the job. So I love that approach by Buck. Like, every man's just as important as the other one. Uh, and that's cool. That's another great thing about Buck. He doesn't panic. He sees the big pictures, and he knows there'll be bumps in the road. Uh, just like Nelson Cruz, you never know when that bump is going to happen. He smacked number 450 yesterday. And uh, the amazing thing is, Cruz has hit 385 of those home runs since his 30th birthday, only Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, Rafael Pomero, and Hank Aaron are ahead of him in that category. So way to go, Nelson Cruz. Job well done. Now it's time to celebrate some Met birthdays and transactions from this date. Uh, born on this date in 1964, right-hander Wally Whitehurst. We were watching a game yesterday. He was mentioned on the broadcast. They were saying how he would get hit all the time. Uh, Wally Whitehurst, while he was pitching with balls smacked back to the uh, mound. So Wally Whitehurst, happy birthday, born in 64. 
Brett Saberhagen, he had some of the best stuff I've ever seen from a starting pitcher. Now, of course, he was part of that worst team that money could buy, Met team, uh, in 92. But that aside, Brett was one of the best pitchers I've ever seen. And I think he was on a Hall of Fame path if he could, could just extended his career a little bit longer. Uh, also celebrating a birthday, Bobby M. Jones in 1972. He is the lefty Bobby Jones, and he pitched uh, for the Mets. Uh, I think Bobby uh, right-hander Jones and Bobby left-handed Jones were both on the same team for a couple years. Uh, also, Trot Nixon, who got his fame as a Boston Red Sox. Yes, he was a Met, and he was born this day in 1974. And Alejandro de Aza. Uh, we just saw him recently, and he was born in 1984. And on the Met transaction side, on this date in 1995, the Mets signed free agent Brett Butler. Brett was one of the most complete ball players I've ever seen. He knew every, do everything fundamentally, and he was just a fun player to watch. Uh, I loved watching Brett Butler. Uh, of course, he had most of his success with the Braves, but I did enjoy his time with the Mets. And on this date in 2008, the Mets signed free agent Claudio Vargas. Now, if I may, may I talk about the group on Facebook, New York Mets Baseball Way of Life, if you're not a member and are listening to this podcast and are on Facebook. Yes, all those conditions may apply to you. Uh, please do join a group. We'd love to have you. We have great content there every day. So please do check us out. Uh, and if you're not subscribed to this podcast, please, please, please do subscribe. Uh, we put one up every day. So check us out. And if you ever need to reach me, I'm at philstan41 at gmail.com. Uh, a lot of you have reached out to me, and I'd love to hear from you. So please don't be hesitant to just say whatever's on your mind to me. Good, bad, positive, any suggestions, anything you might want to hear. Uh, would love to hear from you. Now, as always, at this point in the broadcast, we do our trivia and Jeopardy question of the day. Today's trivia question. Who hit the most home runs as a Met from 1970 to 79? And today's Jeopardy, two clues, purchased by the New York Mets from the Kansas City Athletics on October 17, 1966. Second clue, only player to break up a perfect game in MLB history by drawing a walk with two outs in the ninth inning. Uh, we'll be back in a little bit at the end of the podcast with the answers as always. So lock them in and we'll tell you how you did. Now what's going on in the group, New York Mets Baseball Way of Life? Well, today we discussed uh, what happened in 1962, an historic day. After being rained out the previous night and with some players getting stuck in an elevator, the Mets made their national league debut in St. Louis, losing to the Cardinals at Bush Stadium, 11-4. The defeat will be the first of a record-setting 120 losses, and the Mets' expansion team will suffer that year. So it was a rough year. Uh, George Weiss, the uh, general manager at High Hopes, even thought the Mets could be a 500 team that year. Well, they were about 80 games or under 500, so that didn't work out. Now, on this day in 1963, Warren Spahn at the Braves, who became a Met shortly thereafter, a couple years later, uh, becomes the all-time winningless left-handed pitcher in Major League history. Spahn's 6-1 victory over the Mets gave him 328 career wins, 
That moved him ahead of Eddie Plank as the all-time winningest left-hander. Now, except for Duke Snyder's home run, no Met got past second base in the game. Now, how about in 2017, Ioannis Cespedes. Yes, Cespedes for the rest of us. Hit three home runs to lead the Mets to a 14-4 victory over the Phillies in Philadelphia. Hopefully, we can recapture some of that magic tonight, the Met bats. Now, he is the first player in team history with two three-homer games. His effort is part of a seven-homer night as Lucas Duda goes deep twice and Azdrubo Cabrera and Travis Darno hit one out each. Uh, what else is going on in the group? As always, Mike Scott's there to fill us in on everything. He gave us a great recap of uh, the game, his opinion. Uh, and you got to check Mike out. He does some great writing for us on the site. And uh, he's always posting stuff from Twitter, and it's greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, so check that out. And as always, it's our fifth guy. So much going on. Uh, Tony James is another one who always posts great links on there. So please do check us out. Uh, we're there 24 7 for your Met needs. And uh, that's basically it. So let's get back to the trivia and Jeopardy question for today. Uh, we're going to give you the answers now. So hopefully. We were able to think these over, and now it's rock and roll. Once again, the trivia question was, only two players, well, I'm sorry, that's today's, that's for tomorrow. That's what happens when you do this broadcast at 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm trying to get it out there early for you guys, because I woke up early. Uh, who hit the most home runs that met from 1970 to 79? Well, the correct answer is John Milner. John Milner hit 94 home runs for the Mets from 1970 to 79. Uh, way to go. Dave Kingman was second with 82. And Rusty Staub with eight, uh, 62 was third. And the answers to the Jeopardy, the two crews were purchased by the New York Mets from the Kansas City Athletics on October 17, 1966. And the only player to break up a perfect game in MLB history by drawing a walk with two outs in the ninth inning. The correct answer to that one is John Tierney got the correct answer to this. And it's Larry Stahl. I forgot to tell you who got the answer to the trivia question. Right indeed. Wash, rinse, repeat. It was John Tierney. So good day for John Tierney on both ends. Uh, a lot of smart guys out there know the answers to these questions every day. And it's always fun to find out who's going to be the first one to answer them. Today was John Tierney's day. Tomorrow, it could be you. Okay, folks, that's going to wrap it up. Don't forget the Mets play the Phillies tonight in Philadelphia, so you want to check that one out. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk all about it. So enjoy your Monday. Enjoy the beginning of the week. Enjoy the Met game tonight. And we'll talk soon. Take care.